Welcome back to our research-focused podcast hosted by UNICEF's Office of Research at Innocenti in Florence, Italy. I'm Angie Lee, and on this very special edition of our podcast, Sarah Crow narrates her article on child migrants in Niger. In light of the global compact on migration and the EU's disembarkation platforms proposed in July, it's clear that whatever happens in the coming months on migration into Europe begins and ends with what happens on the African continent. Sarah is a senior UNICEF communications specialist on migration, and she recently visited Niger with UNICEF. Here is Sarah Crow reading her article, Niger, the nowhere land where children on the move are someone else's problem, as Europe and North Africa tighten their borders. I was just in Niger in Agadez in 48 degrees heat on the edge of the Sahara, where migrants make their way to Libya and some to follow their dreams to Europe. Nothing could be further than the gates of paradise than this scorching, unearthly wasteland stretching out as far as the eye can see and beyond. And yet, this is it. Hidden in the ghettos, scattered on the outskirts of this ancient, turmeric-coloured city, milling about in centres are hundreds of migrants, stranded, with dashed hopes and unfulfilled dreams. They're on the move to or from neighbouring nations or beyond. Some, but surprisingly perhaps not most, have an eye on the ultimate prize of making it across the burning sands of the Sahara and on to what is fast becoming the elusive El Dorado, Europe. Many children travelling alone or separated, nursing mothers, newborns and throngs of angry young men that their quest had been cut short. Agadez was once the migration capital of Africa, a crossroads for people on the move, a bustling business hub for smugglers, roadside shops selling masks and sunglasses for the daunting journey ahead, traffickers preying on their human trade. Authorities would turn a blind eye then. Now, as Europe and North Africa tightened their borders and closed their ports, creating drama on the high seas and a general clampdown on migration, this unlikely spot has effectively become Europe's new frontier. Arrivals into Italy from January to June this year were down by two-thirds compared to the same period last year when 60,000 crossed over from North Africa. Since November last year, more than 8,000 West Africans, including 2,000 children, have been returned to Niger from Algeria. Also hundreds of refugees and asylum seekers from East Africa, transferred from Libya, have had to wait cumbersome and slow resettlement or family reunification processes to determine their future. Niger is one of the poorest countries in the world, yet it is bearing the brunt of the out-of-sight, out-of-mind policies of richer countries. Hastily stitched together agreements, EU-Turkey, EU-Libya, France-Niger, Algeria-Niger, are making migration someone else's problem, pushing migrants from pillar to post, farther and farther south. Children pay the highest price, with little or no proper structures to keep them safe. The pushbacks have meant the stakes are higher and the routes riskier. In the flurry of a dust storm of flesh-baking heat, we meet a young Guinean furious for being dumped over the border from Algeria, where he was scraping out a living on the streets doing odd jobs. He went on a wildly gesticulating tirade, but his words were as wise as they were distressing. The desert, he said, has become a cemetery for our African brothers, and nobody cares.
He was among those returned from Algeria, left in a nowhere land, miles and miles from the Niger border, forced to walk until they could find transport and shelter. Many came from within Niger, the impoverished county of Kanche State in Zander province, with its long-held reliance on income from begging. Ironically, when the migrants finally are taken by public buses to Agadez onto a bone-dry open plain with a few threadbare tents, local children start circling around them with plastic begging bowls, begging from the returned beggars. It's a motley bag, some could even classify as refugees. I met Liberians who fled their country during the Ebola crisis, Ghanaians fleeing politics and hard times, Nigerians fleeing Boko Haram, and others fleeing the torment and hardships in Libya. Three UN agencies, UNHCR, IOM, and UNICEF, have stepped up the response in Niger. Yet too many migrants fall through the cracks in this vast heartland. One young mother nursing her two-week-old baby was embarrassed that she had not yet managed to shave the newborn baby's thick head of hair, according to tradition. She just didn't have time. UNICEF's child protection officer in Niger, Dan Rono, told me that enforcing the anti-migration law has changed the dynamics in the country, leading to a huge spike in unaccompanied and children separated, and those involved are using routes where they cannot be tracked, and it's far, far more dangerous for an adult, never mind a child. There has been a steady increase in people transiting through Niger, with around a third being children, exhausted and traumatized. The true figure is likely to be higher, as many children go undetected or hide. Omar is a 14-year-old from Sierra Leone, and he's one of the hidden statistics. He's a gangly, awkward early teen in a Yankees cap, sleeveless vest, baggy shorts and flip-flops, pretty much all he owns. He's under the radar in a place they call the ghetto outside Agadez, waiting for the chance to cross. He left home because his father was not paying for his school fees. He told me no matter what, he had made his decision to go to Libya or to go to Europe to have a good life. He said, may God save and guide me. I will not go back home until I make it to become a good boy so I can support the family behind. If I stay home, I won't be serious. I'll become a bad boy. I'll smoke, drink. So I want that life, okay? I want to become a good boy. If I go to Europe, I will continue my school. I will continue playing football again. UNICEF has found in studies that although most children on the move stay within Africa and have no desire to go to Europe, of those who say they want to go, like Omar, Around a third say it is for an education. A former smuggler, Dan Ader, who's seen his lucrative business model crumble into the desert dust since the clampdown, told us there are so many deaths because there are thousands of routes. Now, if your GPS has a little glitch, you're finished, he said. You will not find your way again. On the sea crossing, there are at least coast guards. Yet some 130 children have drowned in the Mediterranean in the first six months of this year, but no one patrols the vast and deadly sea of sand. It doesn't stop migrants trying, though. Desperation and dreams turn them into philosophers and poets, 
like the scratchings on a prison cell. The graffiti on the grim ghetto walls tells their stories scrawled in large charcoal. Europe or rien, Dieu est là. Europe or bust, God is there. Il vaut mieux mourir en mer que mourir devant sa mère, sans rien. It is better to die at sea than to die in front of your mother with nothing. Migration is as old as humanity itself here, a rite of passage for many boys into manhood and simply a way of life in search of a better life. And closed ports and closed borders are not likely to stop this. Africa is the youngest and fastest growing population in the world. The North is aging. Some say Africa is sitting with its bags packed. The scrawling on the wall of the filthy ghetto in Agadez is a stark reminder of why many leave. L'Afrique est riche, mais ses enfants quittent à cause des mauvais gouvernements. Africa is rich, but its children are leaving because of bad governments, it says. Yet only some 15% of those on the move in Africa express any interest of going to Europe. So managing migration is truly global, and now that the final draft of the Global Compacts on Migration and Refugees is finalized, the EU and other bodies really need to seize this moment to put the needs of children uprooted before national interests, to commit to predictable cross-regional actions to keep children safe and families together and invest in countries like Niger. And it's worth remembering that the Global South take far more refugees and migrants in one month than the Global North now does in an entire year. For most, the true paradise lost is being uprooted from a home, from loved ones, especially for children alone. Refugee and migrant children look now to powerful member states, to the European Union and to the African Union, to put in place a proper migration system promised in the Global Migration Compact that doesn't dismiss them like the wind that carried them to foreign shores. Thank you, Sarah, for sharing what reality is like for young migrant children in Niger. Inocenti's migration program builds on UNICEF's work on the ground with children in the areas of protection, justice, violence, prevention and well-being. For more on our work on migration, visit our website unicef-irc.org.